Matthew chapter 7, our text today will be verses 15 through 20 of Matthew chapter 7, page 1118, if you'll be using a Bible under the seat in front of you, love to have you read along. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your protection this morning. We thank you that you are a shield for your people, a shelter for your people. You hedge us in, you keep us, you guard us. And then, Lord, I thank you for the project, protective measures that you give us in your word, the warnings the safety signs. Lord, you want us safe, and so I pray, Lord, that we would take to heart all those things meant to make us safe. Bless this time, I pray in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. So as you know, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount for several months, and Jesus in this sermon tells us how he wants us to live. And it's a convicting sermon. As we've seen, his standards for righteous living are high. In many ways, they go against our natural tendencies. But they are the best commands to follow, It is the best life to live in following Jesus. It is the life of beauty. It's the life of safety and health. It's the life that you were created to live. It's the life that Jesus has given to you and wants you to enjoy. It's the best life. It's real living. Now there's an enemy, Satan, who doesn't want you to live that life. Satan does everything he can to keep people out of the kingdom or to completely neutralize those who are in the kingdom. And so he's constantly launching threats at authentic kingdom living. And we need to be aware of those threats. And one of those threats is the activity of false prophets. And that's what Jesus speaks about This morning, look at his big time warning concerning false prophets. Look at verse 15. Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Beware of false prophets, Jesus himself says. So understand first the fact of false prophets. There are false prophets. Jesus said so. This is not an empty warning. Jesus doesn't put up a wet paint sign if there's no wet paint to worry about. According to Jesus, there are false prophets. And Jesus even promises that you will encounter one. Beware of false prophets who come to you. They will come to you. Beware. False prophets have always 
been a threat to God's people. They have always been a threat to the truth of God's word. And you see it throughout all of history. In the Old Testament, there was a steady stream of false prophets. The legitimate prophets like Jeremiah, Elijah, Elisha, Ezekiel, Isaiah, they had to confront the false prophets. In Ezekiel, the Lord says, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, your prophets are like foxes in the deserts. In Ezekiel 13, the Lord says to the false prophets, You have spoken nonsense and envisioned lies, therefore I am a deed against you. My hand will be against the prophets who envision futility and who divine lies. Just a whole stream of false prophets throughout the Old Testament. There were false prophets in the days of Jesus, hence the warning here. Many of the leaders in the established religious system of the day were false prophets, false teachers. There were false prophets active in the days of the early church. Did you know that most of the letters that made it into the New Testament, written by Paul, John, Peter, were written to confront false teaching, false prophets? When Paul left the church of Ephesus, he told the elders, I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. False prophets have been active throughout all of church history for the last 2,000 years. They've created enormous religious systems of utter deceit. False religions, cults. There are false prophets today. They occupy some pulpits and churches in America. They have radio programs. They have television programs. They have podcasts. They, they have YouTube channels. False prophets will be around until Jesus comes again. And in fact, they'll become more active in the last days. In Matthew 24, Jesus said concerning last days, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And will deceive many, Jesus said. Jesus said in the last days, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Paul warns in 1 Timothy chapter 4, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Gang, it's not a matter of if. But when you encounter a false prophet and what you're going to do about it, Jesus says, beware. Now, notice two characteristics of false prophets, according to Jesus here in verse 15. First, false prophets are deceptive. They come disguised. They come to you, he says in verse 15, in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous Wolves. They don't present themselves as wolves. They present themselves as sheep. They're sneaky. 
They wear masks. They pretend. A false prophet doesn't come to church with a sign saying, Hi, I'm your friendly neighborhood false prophet. (laughs) They disguise. They look like sheep. They look like Christians. On first appearance, they seem to live pious, committed, religious lives. They use Christian words. They speak Christianese. They use Christian words, but they don't use the Christian dictionary. But they use the words. They pretend. Very deceptive. In Jude, verse 3, he writes, I find it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. That was a warning to the early church. Certain men have crept in unnoticed. False teachers are creepy people who creep in. By stealth. They pretend to be sheep. But in many ways, they also pretend to be shepherds. They pretend to be spiritual leaders. Jesus says they're false prophets. Prophet's a big-time title. That, is, that speaks of someone who speaks in the name of God, who's a mouthpiece for God. That's a very religious person, Jesus says, there are false ones. Greek word for false, pseudos, pseudo. False lying prophets. People who pretend that they're speaking the word of God. These people will stand before you and say, thus saith the Lord. But they're false. That word pseudo is also tacked onto the front of other titles in the New Testament. Pseudo-teachers, false teachers. Pseudo-apostles, false apostles. Pseudo-messiahs, false Christs, antichrists. These false prophets are people who have an air of religious authority, authenticity. Perhaps they have degrees and ordinations from various religious institutions. They look and act And try to behave like men and women of God. But they're not. Please understand that. It's very deceptive, Jesus said. And then Jesus also said, false prophets are dangerous. Inwardly, they are like ravenous wolves. Ravenous is a word that means hungry. Wanting to consume. Wolves that want to destroy. My brother, my sister in Christ, false prophets are dangerous. They can bring destruction into people's lives. And we've seen extreme examples over the years. Physical examples. In 1978, Jonestown, Guyana, 780 people were either killed or voluntarily committed suicide by drinking cyanide-based Kool-Aid at the direction of the false prophet named the Reverend Jim Jones. 780 people. A brief report of what happened during those final moments. 
from a survivor. As Jones talked over the loudspeaker on the beauty of death and the certainty that everyone will meet again, several hundred cult members gathered around the pavilion. They were surrounded by armed guards and a vat of Kool-Aid mixed with cyanide was brought out. Most cult members drank it willingly. Others were forced to. They started by feeding it to babies and kids. Then the adults took it. And when the convulsion started happen, total chaos in the camp, an hour later, hundreds lay dead. A false prophet. Eighty-two branch Davidians, including 28 children, died under the leadership of David Koresh. Thirty-eight people died under the leadership of Marshall Applewhite, founder of the Heaven's Gate cult. Now, those are extreme examples. But there are hundreds of cases of false prophets physically abusing people, sexually abusing people, psychologically abusing people. Great ugliness. Terrible destruction. Most of the false prophets, for sure, are motivated by greed They want financial gain. Most false prophets are trying to rip people off out of their money. In fact, it's interesting, the word ravenous here. It's the Greek word harpax. That word shows up five times in the New Testament. This is the only time here where it's translated ravenous. The other times it's translated extortioner. It's a word that speaks of a violent, greedy extortioner, a swindler, the con artist. The false prophet wants money. The false prophet wants to rip people off. The false prophet is motivated by power and prestige. There was a big problem in the early church with false prophets traveling around from church to church, wanting to speak and then wanting money. There's a document called the Didache that was circulated throughout different early churches. We found copies of it, and they actually gave rules. They said if a guy comes in to the church and asks for a meal, that's cool. If he asks for money, he's a false prophet. The Didache even said, if any prophet speaking in a trance says, give me your money or anything else, do not listen to him. I have been to church services where some dude gets up and goes, I'm having a vision. Somebody has $10,000 that they're going to give to the church. That is a false prophet. That's a wolf. That is financial exploitation. Worse, false prophets destroy people spiritually. They keep people from the truth of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. They draw others to themselves so they can have their power, their control, their prestige, their wealth. Beware of any spiritual leader who draws all the attention to himself or herself. Come be a part of this thing. False prophets will ruin 
the testimony and lifestyle of other Christians because false prophets love to send Christians on bunny trails. So they go all over the place hunting all these different things and losing focus of what really matters. Jesus said false prophets are dangerous. They're not your friend. You're not to welcome them. Don't be gullible. Understand that there are really bad folks out there that can hurt you spiritually. You remember the story of Little Red Robin Hood? Even as a kid, I thought that girl was way too naive. (laughs) Too gullible. I mean, a wolf dressed up as a grandmother? Come on. She missed some obvious red flags. Grandma, what big eyes you have. The better to see you with, my dear. She should have seen the wild in those eyes. Grandma, what strong arms you have. The better to hug you with, my dear. Most grandmas don't have real strong arms. (laughs) Oh, Grandma, what big teeth you have. Then the line, the better to eat you with, my dear. The wolf, wanting to consume, wanting to destroy. Jesus says, beware of them. So, what are the red flags? How do we recognize a false prophet? Well, move on in the text. Look what Jesus says. Verse 16 You will know them by their what? Fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, plural... You will know them. Jesus says, how do you distinguish a true prophet from a false prophet? Look at their fruits. Look at their fruits. And he's taken an example from nature. Trees can be easily identified by their fruits. Apple trees produce apples. Fig trees produce figs. If you're looking at a tree and you're not sure what type of tree is, Hang around and wait for it to produce some fruit. Then you can tell what kind of tree it is. You can also tell the condition of a tree. If a tree is good and healthy, hang around, watch the fruit. Will be good and healthy. If a tree is bad and sick and diseased, hang around, watch the fruit will be sick and diseased. And the same thing can be applied to discerning the true prophet from the false prophet. The true prophet over time proves to be true by good fruits. The bad or false prophet over time proves to be false by bad fruits. The fruit test. 
And I'd like to mention three. First, the character test. The way a person lives, their manner of living. True, genuine Christians produce the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside them, and they produce that fruit. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, these is no law. So true Christian leaders and prophets and teachers and Christians in general will display love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, they won't be perfect. No Christian is perfect. But their lives are marked, characterized by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. These people will have good relationships. They'll have good marriages. They'll have good, solid families. They will demonstrate true humility and meekness. They will have solid, demonstrable, beautiful Christian character, dependable, faithful, merciful, modest. That's what a true prophet will look like. A false prophet will not have a strong, evident, proven Christian character. Eventually, he will show his or her true colors. Eventually, motivations surface. You'll see the greed. You'll see the power play. You'll see the ugliness. So this isn't something you can discern right over, overnight, is it? You have to wait. You have to observe. So it takes some time to observe. Don't make your decision right away. By the way, the New Testament, strong, in fact, commands local churches not to raise people up into leadership too quickly. You have to wait. You have to observe. You have to watch. You have to see that fruit. You'd be amazed how many times I've had uh, guys come up to me and say, Hey, I need to be ordained. Will you ordain me as a pastor? What do we hand out ordinations like? Are you kidding me? I got to know you. The leadership team has to know you. You have to demonstrate character. The character test. Then let me mention the doctrinal test. What a person teaches. That's their fruit. Their message. Any true Christian teacher or preacher or prophet must teach doctrine that is clearly outlined in the written word of God. Any teacher who teaches anything that is not clearly established in scripture is in big trouble. Any teaching that perverts, twists, ignores, adds to, takes away from the clear teaching of scripture is false teaching. 
the doctrine that people teach. Man, you got to understand that. In the early part of church history, there were three very common false teachers that taught different things. I just want to mention to them very quickly because they're still popular today. The first false teachers were called the Judaizers, the legalists. These were the folks that came into Christian churches and say, basically, in order to be saved, faith in Jesus Christ is not enough. You also need to keep the law of Moses. You need to become Jewish. You need to convert to Judaism. The legalists, the religionists, the people who turn salvation into a system of law-keeping or religious ritual keeping. Like the Pharisees and the scribes in the days of Jesus, they turned Judaism into a wreck. It was a lifeless, mindless, ritualistic religion that didn't mean anything to anybody as long as you went through the motion and you jumped through all the hoops. You cannot earn your salvation through religious works. The law does not save you. And by the way, that's very popular today. And there are religious leaders, and it's a seedbed for corruption and control. There are groups where a leader has a legalistic hand on the people, and he motivates them by guilt and rules and regulations. Hurt a lot of people. True Christianity is salvation through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again. And he's alive and you are saved only through faith in him. Now the message of Christianity is that when you put your faith in Christ Jesus, you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you live a good life after you become a Christian? Oh yeah! In the power of the Holy Spirit, but not by rules. Dead legalism. The other popular teaching in that day was the, the flip side, the other side of the coin. There were a group of people that were going around from church to church saying, law, you're right, it doesn't matter at all. In fact, nothing matters. Do whatever you want. Grace was used as a license to sin. God doesn't care how you live. He saved you by, by faith and you live by grace and, and you can do whatever, you can do whatever you want. That is also wrong. We are called to live holy lives. When you become born again and you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're changed and you begin doing good things not in order to get saved, but because you are saved and you're grateful and you're thankful and you want to serve Christ for what he's done. But you be careful of the easy Christianity, which I believe is the most common false teaching today in the American church. Any teaching which takes the cross out of Christianity any teaching which eliminates the threat from the voice of Christ, 
any teaching which pushes judgment into the background and makes men think lightly of sin is false teaching. Please listen. A lot of false teachers can be identified by what they won't teach. And there are many who won't teach judgment and sin and the consequences and being accountable and real blood that was shed for the sins of the world. So there's that. And by the way, you see those two extremes? Live by this law or live without any law and any concern for that at all. False prophets travel in the extremes. They always travel in the extremes. Try to bring those things into balance in your life. And then there was one, one, one more really popular false teaching that I want to mention very quickly. It was something called Gnosticism. False teachers were called Gnostics. Very mysterious, superstitious, mystical type of belief. And we've talked about it in detail in the past. Not going to do that this morning. All I want you to know about that system was that it was a secret system. It was exclusive. It was come join us and we'll let you into the hidden secret knowledge Gnosticism in Greek means knowledge. Come join our group and we'll give you deeper knowledge. And for $19.99 a month. (laughs) Every month we'll give you deeper and deeper knowledge. Sounds a lot like Scientology. Christian science. Which is neither Christian nor science, by the way. You beware of any teacher that says, hey, I've got something brand new. I've had a vision. I've had a dream. I've had a premonition. Come join our secret group. Oh, you can really be in the know. Do you want something deeper? Very, very popular to lots of people. I had somebody come up to me once, and he'd been a Christian for a long time, and and he just kind of went off the rails, and he actually said to me, I used to think Christianity was only about Bible reading and prayer and going to church, but I found that there's so much deeper level of Christianity. What? You abandoned the Bible? You never abandoned the fundamentals of the Christian faith, but there are those people that say, we go way beyond the fundamentals over here. We're su- we got a whole bunch of different truth over here. You be careful of that. It's been said that if it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. We have the full revelation. Very careful of those secret ones. There are certain topics that are uh, ripe for heretics that you need to be aware of. The person and nature of Jesus Christ is attacked. There are cults that 
deny the deity of Jesus Christ, that, God is, that Jesus is not God. There are cults that deny the humanity of Jesus Christ. The Jesus of the Mormons and the Jehovah Witness is different than the Jesus of the Bible. You do know that, right? The nature and person of Jesus Christ is oftentimes attacked. The Trinity is another big one. One God, three persons. Easy to understand? No. But true. And false prophets will travel in that whole Trinity thing, trying to disprove it. When our church was about three or four years old, this is many years ago, we were small, this family came to our church, they were wanting to jump in, they did all kinds of awesome things, they volunteered to clean the church, they did children's ministry, they did all kinds of things, and man, I was excited to have them. Well, they eventually showed their true colors, and it happened on a mission trip where I wasn't there. There was a group from our small little church that went on a mission trip, and the dad and this family went with them. And while out of town and away from leadership of Calvary Chapel, Sun City, began to deny the Trinity with the small group. And I found out about it. And we were even uh, thinking about having the teenager become a youth pastor. Found out the whole family, their mission was to infiltrate churches and get them to deny the Trinity. I don't know why people, I don't see how people live that way. False prophets. We asked them to leave. They're out there. The way of salvation is always an attack. By false prophets. They want to add good works. They want to do all of these different things. So listen. um, Doctrine. And how do you protect yourself? Well you got to know doctrine. Brother, sister in Christ. You got to know your Bible. You can't just be spoon fed everything. You have to study and know for yourself. And you make sure that you're surrounded with influence, uh, Bible teachers that are committed to teaching the Bible as written, contextually accurate, very important. It's absolutely important for you to be become a student of Scripture if you're not. And also, listen to the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. Listen to the warning signs. Listen to the red flags. I remember when I was young in the faith. And I was excited, and I was serving the Lord, and I was at the, this wonderful church. And one of the members of the church said, hey, man, you got to read this book. It'll change your life. And so I started reading this book, and this book was telling me that I could, I could, I could claim things by faith, that my words had power if I spoke in faith. And I could command God to do things, and all these wonderful, awesome things would and I started to get a red flag. The spirit goes, the, the warning lights, blunt. I mean, they're blinking. And so I took that book to, to the pastor there and, and other Christians. And, and again, it was, it, it was deemed, that's a false prophet. Listen. Be aware. Hear the Holy Spirit. Pay attention. 
the character test, the doctrinal test, and then there's one more test I would mention, and that would be the convert test. In the Bible, the converts of a ministry are seen as fruit. And I would just ask you, you know, what are the converts like? What describes the people that are a part of that person's teaching? False prophets tend to produce false converts. In fact, Jesus said these words to the Pharisees and scribes. He said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he's won, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Whoa. What does that movement produce? Is it producing men and women with solid Christian character? Or is it producing arrogant people? Is it producing people that have lax morals? The character test, the doctrinal test, the convert test. You will know false prophets by their fruits. You know, basically, Jesus is telling us this morning, be smart. Use your head. Don't blindly accept everything that you hear. Check things out. Exercise some discernment. You know, I've met some people in my life, and they are, I mean, they are so smart financially. One of my best friends, who I've told you of him before, now he's in heaven. But he was, he was so smart financially. One of these guys that was scary smart. The things that he could do with finances and the things that he would... It was amazing. There's, there's a reason why he made it up into the top echelons of some of the businessmen in America. He was just... And then I've met people who are extremely smart when it comes to uh, nutrition and physical health and exercise and training and ah, they know what to eat and when to eat and and that's good to be really smart especially if those are the things that you do to make a living in your career but how smart are you spiritually what about your soul what about the most important part of you how smart are you do you invest in that Do you educate yourself? Your soul is the most important thing. So Jesus says, watch out for these false prophets. And we need to be warned. But I do want to finish by saying this. There are also some great Christian leaders. There are some great Christian pastors and mentors Over the last 45 years, I've had pastors and mentors and college ministry directors and friends pour into my life, and I'm thankful for every single one of them. Those people that led me to Jesus, 
they are out there. There's an awesome community. Please just learn to know the difference between the true and the false. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's close this off with prayer. Lord, as your people make us discerning, I pray that we'd be wise. Lord, living in a, in a society that is just so open to any and every truth. And in many ways, being a society that's hostile towards your truth. We're so tempted to to stray, but Lord, we can't stray. We need to understand truth as you have revealed it. So give us discernment and give us the ability, Lord, to interact with people with, um, with love and discernment and yet being able to share the truth. Lord, I want to pray your protection upon this church right here. Lord, I pray that you would keep us from uh, falling into deceptive things. May your hand be upon leadership here. I pray that these beautiful families, my brothers and sisters here, would be protected and with great spiritual health and wisdom. Give them understanding into your word. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you, for if our eyes are on you, we, 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 we will keep walking, we'll keep doing what you want us to do. You are the author and finisher of the faith. You're our hero, you're our point man, and we're following you, no one else. Thanks again, Lord, again, for your protection and your security upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.